we've been taking some time over the past four or five weeks to lay out our vision and kind of remind us for, of uh, who we are. When I do a vision series, I don't do a vision series to tell you something different. I do vision series to remind you of what we're called to do. And so uh, the plan of God for his people and those who he's enlisted does not change. It does not change. I don't care what church you go to and they'll tell you stuff like we're going to be lean in 2019 and, and all the stuff that rhymes. The plan of God and the mission of God doesn't change. He says go into all the world, teach, make disciples. That never changes. I don't care how clever you get, <laughs> it never changes. And so our, uh, our uh, goal is to do what God has called us to do in Christ Center Church, at Christ Center Church, or in the local assembly here at the church. Um, so we've spent the last few weeks talking about the fact that Christ Center Church is a church that lives out a Christ first culture. We believe that the plan of God in the church or in the world today is carried out through his church. And as a result, we have to make sure that he is first. Now that is countercultural. Listen to me. Living a Christ first life Christ-centered life is counter-cultural because the culture teaches us live as you're called, do what you want to do, put yourself first. You can't do anything else unless you take care of yourself. While, in, while some of that has some validity, we have to make sure that as we are walking out our daily lives, we're walking it out as we're called by Christ, okay? So we've been laying that out. Our, um, our theme scripture is Colossians 1 and 18. And that's our foundational scripture for our church. That's not just for this series, but that's the, the foundational series or foundational scripture for our church. And so we build on that and we have established a church and a culture that says in all things, Christ has preeminence. We sing a lot of Jesus songs here because I do realize that you could go to church and never hear the name of Jesus. You know, we sing songs about you and he, and then we talk about the man upstairs, but there's no other name whereby men can be saved, the name of Jesus. This is his church. So we declare and sing a lot of Jesus songs around here because we believe that if deliverance is going to happen, if healing is going to happen, if uh, uh, liberation is going to happen, it's going to happen at the name of Jesus. That's just what we believe. And so we make sure that our worship calls him a lot because we need him. So that is how we uh, flow around here. So right before I jump in, I do want to celebrate um, Landis Landis's birthday, when is your birthday, Landis? It is Tuesday coming. Her birthday is Tuesday coming. She turns 40, right? You better go ahead. She still looks 12. 
Well, her mama don't look about 25 herself. But Landis has asked, her goal was to ask 40 people to celebrate her birthday by coming to church with her. And I want to shout out to all of those who love Landis enough to come to church with her. I want to give y'all a shout out and tell you thank you. So for all of, all of her guests, would you stand please? As a matter of fact, we want to call y'all Landis's birthday presents to her. Man, that is so cool. That is so cool. Thank y'all so much. It is so funny though that, that uh, y'all are here today because y'all are here today as examples. <laughs> So don't feel like I'm singling you out, but uh, I think today you are very helpful. Thank you, Landis, for having a heart to, uh, to worship with your friends. Because I think that's huge, right? Because how many people really invite their friends to worship with them as much as we invite, hey, I'm celebrating my 40th, come with me to the Velvet Room. You know, we're going to get turned up. Come on, I can't, come on. Apple martini night on me. You know, all the stuff that, whatever it is that, that we do, come on, we're going to get lit together. And, you know, people celebrate with friends. I appreciate you for wanting to worship with your friends and bring them to your church. And thank you, friends, for coming. So today, we're going to do some, uh, just some housekeeping and some business work as we close out our series together. So let's, uh, let's pray right here. And then we'll jump in and I'll let you go so y'all can really go eat together, do whatever y'all gonna do. Hope y'all gonna eat with Landis today. Y'all taking Landis out to dinner? What we doing? What we doing? We don't know. We still, okay, all right. All right, let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today for everything that you have done thus far. I thank you, Lord, that you are making ways and arrangements, that you are uh, causing us to meet appointments today that you have set before the beginning of time. And I thank you, Lord, that you are guiding us, that you are leading us, that you are yet establishing us in your vision, in your mission, in your values. So we give you glory and honor today. So I pray today that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have, uh, we have been kind of jumping in this uh, series, and in jumping in our series, we've laid out some clear objectives or reminded you of the objectives that we have here at Christ Center Church. We, what we've done and what I've done in this series is just taking us back. We've taken you back to the basics the basics of when we started our church. We started our church because I believe that God had called me to bring together a group of people who would replace a self-centered life with a Christ-centered life. And one thing I realize is, I realize more now than I did then, is that that's not uh, an easy thing. It's not a popular thing. Um, Unfortunately, and I talk to God about this often, unfortunately, I'm not the guy that's called to preach popular stuff. And I, I, sometimes I want to be, because if I preach more popular things, we'd be full. And um, so I'm not the guy, I am the guy to prophesy, but I'm not the guy to prophesize houses. And I don't tell you that, uh, I don't preach about money all the time, so you can get more money, get more money, and everybody want to come, because they want to, this is, this is not a uh, multi-level marketing church. 
we don't do that. But I do believe that at the end of the day, it all comes down to Christ. I believe that Jesus is the answer for the world today. And uh, that's what I'm called to teach and tell people, that his gospel is still true, that if you open your heart to him, he will save you, he will clean you, he will use you for his glory, he will bless you and promote you. And uh, that's just what I'm you know, called to preach and believe and, and then called to encourage people through that. I talked to you that in order, and told you that in order for us to continue to have this Christ uh, first culture here that we have to add our souls. Adding your soul is your will, your intellect, your emotions, your uh, creativity. You need to add that to the church. You need to add that to the church. I'm amazed at how many people have gifts that they'll take to the world for a check, but then they say, because I do that for a living, I don't want to do that at church. And so I come to church just so I can sit and be refreshed. Well, I appreciate being refreshed, but I do believe that in adding your soul, we bring to God's house that which the world will pay us for and God will receive even as volunteering and sometimes with a salary attached to that. But I believe that our gifts and our talents that we should give back to God. I told you that we should add our souls, that if we're going to live a Christ first culture that we have to love, we have to serve, and we have to give. So last week, I talked to you about uh, what it is that our church has to be known for. And in our church, we will be a culture of people who go after the lost. We will be a people who will go after those who are in the house but are out of place. We will always have a heart open to those who may be weighed down by the stresses of life, but they cannot be themselves or worship like they want to worship because life may be uh, is heavy on them. We're going to be a group of people in here that are sensitive to that and help everybody with that. What can we do to help you worship to maximum capacity? And then lastly, we said that we're going to be a people that when those who have left come back, we're going to open our hearts to them, love them, and say, let's go. We got more work to do. We are people who care about everybody. We care. So today, I want to talk to you and show you how you have done through your worship and giving. I also want to talk to you and just refresh your brain a little bit about our vision and our mission. And then I want to inject into our culture values that we will pass on to the next generation, that you'll be hearing and seeing those here more and more at Christ Center Church. So let's get to work and deal with uh, these numbers. And so this is a part of our work or part of my work as a leader of an organization that is probably the more, this is what I call work. When I preach, that's just like easy. But this is a part of what we do that I think what I do is that is work, but I'm excited about it. So let's talk a little bit about what it costs to run our church. And uh, this is absolutely amazing to me. So let's look at that. Our operation goal, what we did last year in 2018, it cost us $230,000, uh, 230, uh, 5.39.14 to uh, operate our church. And this is a large undertaking 
for what we do every Sunday. This is what it takes to keep us alive, to keep us moving forward, to keep us in, empowering people to replace the self-centered life with the Christ-centered life. This is what, this is what it costs. So that's maintenance and setup and administration and facilities and equipment and his salaries and just doing ministry as a whole. This is what it costs. $230,000. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, okay. Okay. All right. That's what it costs to do ministry at this level. Just let that sink in a second. Okay. Y'all got it? All right. Good. So let's look at our outreach. Our outreach number for 2018 was 1350. My goal, I want you to know that in the years to come, or really if, as soon as possible, my goal is for this number to be 10% of everything we bring in. That's my goal, for this number to be 10%. So in other words, I want to give away 10% of what comes in to Christ-centered church. That's what our plan is. That's what our goal is. Anybody with me on that? I know when we start talking about money, people get quiet. We've taken up offering. We're not going to do it again. You don't have to worry about that. Okay, you don't have to worry about that. We do not take up multiple offers unless the Holy Spirit says, let's do it, and then you'll be prompted and everything will work out nicely. But we're not going to do that today. So that is our outreach goal. Our outreach uh, covers missions and generosity and church planting and just reaching out to the community, it is this number. So that's $1,350. Let's go to our giving for 2018. Our 2018 contributions. This is what you gave in 2018. You gave $240,726.60. Look at your name and say, thank you. Y'all, we just shied a quarter of a million dollars. Look around you. What could we do if every seat was filled in here? Yeah, don't, don't sleep on Christ in the church. Now, these folk that go around here love to give Jesus their money. And so that's why we do ministry at uh, the level that we do ministry. I got to be honest with you. Some people say to me, it's like, hey, you know, y'all, the way y'all do church, when I come and visit, I'm thinking y'all like totally full. I was like, nah, we just got quality people. Amen. We got people that love Jesus, that love what we do. We have great worship. We got a good word. But, a, but more than that, we serve a great God. And the people that go here are great people. And so our giving, yeah, that's right. That's a great place to clap again. We should just keep clapping on that. Look at somebody beside you and say, thank you for giving that. If you gave that, that is. This, this. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you didn't give that, just reach in your purse and act like you're getting some candy or something. <laughs> but <laughs> thank y'all. Thank y'all for giving. And we, have, uh, we just have tremendous giving. I just think that's amazing. But let me show you this next number real quick that I think um, is so cool. And that number talks about, so our goal for 2018 was to reach, and this was our stretch, this was a stretch goal. Why do you say it's a stretch goal? Because I do want you to understand this. Our giving is up. Over the last two years, our giving is up. Where a lot of people are seeing giving going down, we have seen our giving going, going, uh, gone up, has gone up. All right, here's the other thing. Our operations cost has gone down. We've re reduced that by, 20, by 2%. 
So yeah, that's a good thing. And so we're excited about that. So I'm really, I'm in a good mood simply because our goal for 2018 was 263, 386. Well, we brought in the 240, 726, and we only missed our goal by 9%. That is just like, y'all ain't happy. Y'all ain't happy enough for me. Wait, 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 stop clapping. Let me tell you why I'm so happy. Because it could have been 19%. It could have been 29%. And remember now, our giving is up. But we had a stretch goal. I really wanted us to stretch to get this 263. So we didn't hit the 263, but we're only 9% off of 263. So now I want you to celebrate like you can see the end that 9% really ain't far off. Let me have something. Let me have something. Just give me anything. Let me have something with these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to stay there for a second simply because this. No, no, no. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Because think about this. Think about how many people maybe have lost, lost their job. The people who left this year, and when they left, they took their money with them. They didn't leave it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, for people who said, you know what, Pastor? I didn't realize that I owed so-and-so and so on student loans, so I have to stop giving. But there are some people that said, I need to stop giving, but I refuse to stop giving. And it's because of those people who kept giving when money was short, who kept giving when they couldn't see how they was going to make it, when they kept giving, when they're so maybe they divorced and they're sourced. And some of the other money that normally came in that no longer comes in, and they kept giving. So we are only 9%. I mean, that's just big to me. That's just you. I know old saints would say 99 and a half won't do, but I'm down with 99 and a half because that's 0.5. All I got to do is just step a little bit more this way, and I'm dead center. You get what I'm saying? And so I'm excited, and I just want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for increasing our giving. Thank you, y'all, for missing our goal by 9%. Thank you. Like, Pastor, you, don't, you do hear that you're saying we missed our goal. Yeah, I do, but if the target is here and we're right here, what does that mean? The truth of the matter is somebody in the room can fix that today. I mean, I ain't, we're not going to take up another offer, so that's your call, but you got the text to give number if you want to. But I'm just saying, we're just that close to reaching our stretch goal. So here is what I want to say to you for as it relates to our giving. I'm not going to change that number for next year. I want to leave it right here. And here's how we have asked everybody to help us reach that goal. Last year, I asked everybody above what you normally give, which is your regular 10% and the offering that you give. Above that, I asked everybody to give $1 a day to the church. We did that and only missed it by 9%. I believe with those who said, well, I, I didn't do that every week and I, I might have missed it a little bit. For those that missed it a little bit, let's stay with this and see if we can hit that number this year. Okay, let's see if we can hit that number. Because let me tell you, where we're going and where we're headed is to build margin so we can get our building. But what I'm not going to do is go into a bunch of debt so people can be happy and shout the first Sunday but be gone by the 52nd Sunday. I'm just not that guy. I'm not that guy, because there are people that left because we don't have a building. But your giving didn't reflect that you wanted to buy it. I'm just, I mean, come on, y'all. I'm just shooting from the hip here. And I know you want a building, so do I. But we're not going to go in a building. Because here's what my pastor told me. He's like, son, 
People will encourage you to get a building that they won't stay and help you pay for. And listen, doing ministry at this level brings a pastor sleepless nights. I'm not getting ready to lose no more sleep because we got a mortgage. However, what we are trying to do is build margin so we can build margin so when we go into a spot, if we have to do any uh, loan situation, it's small amount. We're building margin so that we can make sure that when we go in, we're always able to handle it at least a month ahead and that our church doesn't live from check to check. Y'all get what I'm saying? In our case, it would be from Sunday to Sunday. So we're trying to build margin. What I can say to you, oh, uh, from last year to this year, we are building that margin. What, what 2017 looked like as what would be called a net loss over last year, we now have a net gain. And so our church is moving in the right direction, and I am excited about that. So clap for our church. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that because when you go to the bank, they're going to look at your net gains first. And so now we got net gains. Look at your life. Look at your partner and say, we got net gains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can count in here all you want to, but we got net gains. Boy, that'll preach all day long. That will preach all day. I may not wear the best stuff, but I got a net gain. See what I'm saying? See, some of us want to look cute, but you got net losses. Come on, you got G's and you got Prada and you got all of that, but you got net losses. Can you wear Prada and have net gains? Or would you rather have a net gain than wear Prada? It just, I mean, all I'm just saying, it's just, you just got to, you know, look at where your priorities are. And so Christ in the church is moving forward with some net gains. And I'm super excited about that and talked to pastor about that last night. And he was like, man, y'all are really, really, really doing well. And so our church has always been a church that gives well. And I just want to thank you for that. So as we move forward, what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to do what Landis has done. Now, I don't know if Landis got a brand on this or I don't know where this came from, but Landis is probably going to write a book about how to get your friends to come to church because her people are here. And so if you want to see her, we're going to set up her a booth maybe next Sunday in the corner and she can give you like, how do you get your friends to come to church with you? Because she's about 20 deep over there. And so I'm just, I want y'all to do what Landis is doing. Because here's the deal. Landis didn't know what I was preaching about today, and I'm sorry I ain't preaching a sermon, but God wanted y'all to help me preach this. So thank y'all for being here so I can tell everybody this is what we're doing now. Because here's what I believe. I believe that we are the best kept secret in Atlanta. I believe that we shouldn't be. I believe like you invite your friends to the club, to movies, to a new tapestry spot, to a new jazz spot. As you invite your friends to that stuff, you need to invite them here. Oh, we can't get no, get no talk. Well, my, my friends don't know. I might be embarrassed, Pastor. Why are you going to be embarrassed? Because you think I'm going to embarrass you? I'm not going to embarrass you. Or are you going to be embarrassed because of the way you actually act at work and they don't even know that you say But you're going to turn over a new leaf. Just tell them, hey, I want to get better. Come with me and help me get better. Here's the deal. This is what, what we said. When we started our church, we said this, and I believe it here. 14 years later, I still believe the same thing. You have to leverage your influence. Invite your friends to have lunch with you on Sunday after church. You leverage your relationship with them, and I promise that we'll give them a quality experience that makes you look like that you all that in the bag of chips. <laughs> Yo, I got you. 
Y'all got you. They didn't know that Landon slipped me a note and said, Pastor, keep talking about me while you're preaching. I got them. <laughs> she didn't. No, she did. But I'm just saying, we're not going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to push you. I'm going to celebrate you because I do believe this, that as influential as I am and as our church is, we cannot be influential in our own circle, you have to be influential in other networks. And I'm asking you to allow us to get into your network by bringing people to our church, by sharing the stuff that we put out on social media, let them know what's happening here. We have cards out there that are just a simple invite card. It's small. It's not that big old thing. That is not that. It's just a small size of a business card that says, here's my church. I'll put my name on the back of it. Here's my email address. Let's connect. I'd love to meet you here on the Sunday that you come so we can have coffee together before service and we can go eat after service because I believe that if you bring them here, we'll give them something that makes them want to come back. That's what I believe. And so I'm asking you to share Christ-centered church in your network. Stop liking the stuff that we post and share the stuff that we post. We don't post a whole bunch. We don't flood your timelines. You got your friends every day, they warn you, okay, here come a flood, and they have done a 50-photo shoot, 50-picture photo shoot in their car, and then they just flood your timeline, and you liking them all. Hey, we're not going to do that to you. I'm asking that you share everything that we put out. It'll be quality. It'll be something that will enhance uh, the value of your life. So that's what I'm asking for our push for starting this month all the way to next month. So that's two things. Number one, I mean, not next month, next year, this time, our physical year, we're asking that you would uh, give a dollar a day, that's $7 a week to Christ Center Church above your regular giving. Last year, I did a sermon uh, that, that talked about how you could do that. If you stop doing uh, lattes twice a week, you'd have that extra $7. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about if you didn't go to five guys, shoot, if you didn't go to five guys, you could fund some, <laughs> some college tuition if you didn't go to five guys for that $18 hamburger, but they, they are my favorite, no, no, no joke. Um, so there's so many things that you cannot do. Um, just give it up maybe a couple of times a week so that you can push forward in reaching that goal of $263,000. I'm ready to, pull, uh, to push forward. One of the things we used to do is we used to go out in the street and give away money. I'm ready to do that again. I'm ready to go to the gas station and fill tanks up, but we need margin for that, okay? I'm ready to go to Chick-fil-A and buy breakfast for people who don't even know our church exists. And so in order to do that, we need margin for that. So if you wanna know what vision, what we wanna do with that money, that's what we wanna do. It ain't just about buying a building, because here's what I believe. If we bless people, God will take care of the building so the people will have somewhere to come. Okay? I just want you to know that's, that's my thing. My thing ain't just keep the build up Christ in the church. I want to build people. God will handle all that other stuff. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what Jesus did. So that is our goal. So that's that. And this will be, we'll probably put this online for uh, our members to get this sermon, this message, so you can hear this again and own the vision. We need you to own this. This is not pastor's vision. This is our vision. While I'm at it for her birthday, uh, Landis did bring cake. So there's cake out there for everybody, and it's called Own the Vision Cake on Landis' birthday cake. <laughs> okay, so let me show you this, and then we'll be ready to go. I want to remind you of who we are. So I want to roll out something here in our church called VMV.
All right, this is in our church that we're rolling it out. You won't see this on social media um, as it connected to our church, that is, um, simply because, you know, our brand is out there. We have one brand. But this brand is what you're going to see inside our church, this brand, VMV. VMV means vision, mission, values. Vision, mission, values. And I want to make sure that we do our part to keep this in front of you because what I believe is this. I believe that Christ Center Church members have already owned our vision. The thing that as an organization we have to do is to keep it in front of you because it's just like you putting things on your calendar and even though you put it on the calendar, you forgot it because it wasn't in front of you. Or it's like me who I've taken Spanish three times in my life and I'm still very limited in my Spanish because it's not in front of me and I don't use it often enough. You get what I'm saying? And I feel bad about that. But when I speak it, I can speak it good because they say to me, well, you got a good accent. I know. I know how to talk it, but I just, just got a, like a sentence that I can give you because it's not in front of me enough. So we want to keep our vision, our mission. And today I'm going to introduce some values that will be a part of our church until Jesus comes back. Okay, so let's go to our vision. You know it. But I want to put it up here in front of you again. We say it every week that Christ Center Church empowers people to replace a self-centered life with a Christ-centered life. That is what we do. That is how we see ourselves. If you are asked, how do you, how does you, what is your church, or what do you see at your church? We see ourselves giving people the tools that they need to replace being selfish to being Christ-centered. Okay? That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. We are Christocentric. That's what we do. Okay? We are African-American, predominantly. We are that. But we are Christians who happen to be predominantly African-American here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are Christocentric. Why are you saying that? Because I don't push Afrocentrality here. Because God has called me to preach to the nations. And everybody ain't black. I know y'all didn't know that, right? Black Lives Matter. No, no, listen, everybody ain't black. I just thought I'd tell you that. One of, one of my close friends is a white guy named Tim. <laughs> and he and I, we laugh about that kind of stuff because he matters to me. My world is not centered around. I mean, don't hate me. Send all emails to because I'm saying this, Jesus died for everybody. And once I step through the blood, I ain't black no more. Once I step through the blood, I'm covered. And regardless of how they see me, my father sees me a certain way. And when he sees me a certain way, there's a favor that rests on my life. There's a glory and an anointing that rests on my life. But I believe that that same glory and anointing can rest on somebody else who's not black. That's just, I mean, that's, that's all I'm saying. So we are a church that believes that Christ is first. And so we love everybody, and we'll look at that in a second. So let's look at our mission. Our mission is the strategy through which we will get to our vision. Mission is the strategy you use to get to what you see. All right, now listen, you need to hear this for your own life. What is your life mission? 
And then what is the strategy that you're going to use to get there? We should have a life mission. Your family should know what the Johnson family's mission is. You know what I'm saying? Your Johnson family mission may be to love people and to see all of our children graduate from college and live godly lives. Okay, how do we do that then, Johnson family? What is the strategy through which we will attain that goal? Are y'all hearing me? So here's our strategy. Our strategy here at Christ Center Church is that we worship, we work, and we win. All right, so in years, in all of the years that we've been in existence, this has been our strategy. So what I've done here is I've just cut off some of it so we can uh, grab it a little bit more and own it a little bit more so it's not as wordy. Well, our mission is very simple. We worship, we work, we win. So that you'll understand that, that, that breakout for worship, we pursue a more intimate relationship with God. That's where we start. If we are going to empower anybody to change their lives, we have to have power, and power comes from God. And so then if we're going to have that power, power, listen, power is transferred through intimate interaction. Y'all need to write that down. That's good. I didn't even plan to preach today, but I feel like I'm about to. Power is transferred through intimate interaction. Listen, ladies, you have a womb. You have a womb which says you have the ability. But something has to happen in that womb in order for the womb to have power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it happens through an intimate interaction. Okay, you could be so new age that you say to me, well, I don't need no man. I can go down there to the sperm bank. Either way, there has been some intimate interaction on both sides that in, empowers you to bring that womb open. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So then, in order for us to get to empowering people as a church, we have to have intimate relation with God, intimate interaction and connection with God. That happens through worship. If you wonder why your life seems to be powerless, check your worship. If you feel like I'm, I'm declaring stuff but ain't nothing happened, check your worship. I feel like I'm in laying hands, but ain't, no, ain't nobody recovering. Check your worship. Because it is in worship where God enters in. He enters in and he comes into our space. When God comes to, into our space, things change. But not only does God come into our space, God comes into our space and then he says to us, now come into mine. And when we enter into his presence, Listen, here's the text. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. When we start talking about the right hand of God, we're talking about the strength of God, which means you can't get to the strength if you don't come into his presence. So, that's what we do. We worship. We work which means we partner with God. We work with him. Here's what we believe. We believe that God gives the increase in everything. So Paul writes that some water, 
or some plant, some water, God gives the increase. And so we work with God. However he says, he says, this season I want you to water, or this season I want you to plant. Whatever it is, we're working with God because we want to establish a Christ-centered culture in the earth. We need a Christ-centered culture in the earth. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We need it. We need it. Our grandparents, I believe, and our great-grandparents had more of a Christ-centered culture than we do. We got more technology than the law will allow. And as a result, our culture goes downhill. But we got to partner with God. And that says you as an individual, on your job, in your space, at school, on campus, you have to be the agent of God to bring about a change, to ignite the Christ-centered culture. Then we win. As a church, we, as a people, in this local assembly, we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to win the lost. Listen. Listen, here's what I know, and I've been wrestling with this all week. In today's society, and I've changed in our values, you'll see in a minute, we've changed some of our lingo simply because in today's society, people get offended when there is some kinds of, uh, kind of demarcation. So when we start talking about winning the lost, you know, um, uh, politics would tell us, and being politically, politically correct, you don't say, don't use that word lost, because people take offense to that. Well, in our mission, we have to say what Jesus said. And we realize that there are people who are lost because they're far from God. And so as a result of that, we have to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is very simple. Jesus loves you, and he wants to save you. He has a plan for your life that's going to change the world. That's a simple. That's simple. It's simple. It's simple. So as a church, we worship, we work, we win. That is our mission. That is the strategy we use to make sure our vision happens. So here's the thing that I want to in, in, uh, infuse into our culture today, and you will see it. You'll get a text message about it. You'll start seeing it posted around our church, and that is our values. Um, what I am doing is I am uh, looking at the foundation and the structure of the Christ-centered company. That's what CEOs have to do. If you do not look at how your church or how your business is flowing, your business will not last long. Ask Circus City. Oh, wait, you can't. <laughs> Ask Blockbuster. Oh, wait, you can't. You see? So you have to look at it. You have to look down. You have to look at the here. You have to look at the now, but you also have to look down the road. I believe that Blockbuster did not look down the road. And so then Redbox comes out and start putting these little boxes everywhere. And then Blockbuster says, oh, shoot, we missed that. We could do that, too. Well, it's too late because we were already either Netflix with Netflix or Redbox. They came out about the same time. Netflix says, order DVDs from us. You don't have to leave your house. Keep it as long as you want to. Blockbuster will still charge you late fees. Y'all remember? And you was running back up there on Thursday night. I just got to get back by Thursday night. I can drop it in the thing. Netflix was like, no, 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 no sweat. Just keep it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know how many times you rode around with them VCRs and them DVDs or VCR tapes and DVDs in the back of your car talking about, shoot, I forgot to go buy a Blockbuster. And they charge you $1.50 every night. And they were sitting back like, shoot, we making it, we making this, because after all, you had one videotape, but they had 50 videotapes in the store. Right. 
Netflix says, I tell you what, don't make the people leave their house. Let them keep them as long as they want. We'll just put a limit on how many they can have at one time since they ain't sending other ones back. And we'll send a return thing. They never have to leave the house to get it or to send it back. And we was like, oh, shoot, this ain't bad. But then they thought ahead. They said, this medium ain't going to keep working. People ain't going to keep buying DVDs. So then how can we get it to them without them ever having to order something from us? You know, go out. really, Netflix says, I want you to get something from me that you don't have to go to your mailbox, go down the street. You ain't got to get up if you don't want to. You can get something from us while you're sitting on the toilet. And they said, let's start streaming. Redbox says, y'all got streaming, but we got the people who can't afford y'all service, but all they can afford is a dollar to, to rent. So we're going to let them pay a dollar. So we got two companies here coming for two different groups of people. And then the big boys die because they do not revisit how they operate. So what we're doing, we're revisiting how we operate. And so what we're doing right now, what I'm doing right now is pouring some cement in the cracks and making sure we understand foundationally who we are. So I want to give you these values and we will be going over these periodically so that we will know what we value here at Christ Center Church. And this is going to infuse something into our culture here. So here's the first thing. We believe in God. There is only one God. The, word belong, the world belongs to him. That's what we believe. That's our value system, okay? This is our value system. There's only one God. Here's the next thing. We believe in Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. He is the first in everything. That's our foundation. He's the first in everything, all right? The first in everything. So we start small with the first in everything. So we teach our children how to pray and bless your food first in everything, but then we have to get to the place where we tell them, when you wake up in the morning, you pray, say, Lord, thank you. Guide me today because you're first in everything. Then we teach them, hey, this is how you handle your money. You tithe, you give, because Jesus is first in everything. When we teach them, when we teach that Christ is the first in everything in small stuff, he'll become first in everything in the big stuff, like how they manage their life. Y'all with me? Okay, Here, here's number three. We love those who are far from God and believe that they are valuable. We are committed to connecting them to God through Jesus Christ. Everybody that comes in this door, regardless of where they are in their relationship with Christ or not even having one, we believe that they have value because God believes that they are valuable. How do you know he believes that they're valuable? Because he sent his son to die for people who did not, had not yet received him. But they were so important, whether they, whether they received him or not, he still sent Christ to die. And he said, son, there's going to be some people who are going to spit on the fact that you die. But they got value, so go ahead and die anyway, just in case they come around. I'm glad that he loved me enough before I had sense enough to love him. Let's go to number four. Or the next slide, I'm sorry. Here's number, one, uh, number four. We are called to love and to serve everybody. We believe that it is the trademark of discipleship. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, they will know that you're my disciples because how you love one another. 
Now, now, now here's the deal. We can't get mad at the world when the world says, them ain't real, real Christians. You know, you know, our first sign is, our first line is, you can't judge me. How you going to judge my, how you going to judge where I am with God? Well, Jesus said that I'll know that you're a disciple. Well, how, by the way, you love other people that are disciples. So the way you cuss out church people says to me, you're not a disciple of Christ. Oh, I don't like that kind of talk. We don't like that kind of talk. So fix it. So fix it. You can't judge me. Well, you, hey, fruit inspection, judging, you can call it what you want to call it. The bottom line is there's some, there's some, some basic stuff that Jesus says align you with me, and that is how you treat people. How are you and your sister going to be Christians but y'all ain't spoke in years? How is it that you don't talk to your cousin, but you see them at the family reunion? You know, this is our family church, so our family reunion. Go to this church every year. So, you ain't a disciple. You're a church attender. Why are you going to say that about me? Because you don't love your cousin. I say you walk right by your cousin to get some sweet tea, and you didn't say nothing to him. Come on. Jesus says, here's our trademark. And so here at Christ Center Church, we don't care what you look like, what you dress like, what you walk like, what your choice is. We're going to love you. Now, I'm going to preach about choice. Don't get mad at me now. I'm going to say what Jesus says about choice. But I'm going to love you while I'm telling you. I'm going to love you. So what you saying? I'm saying, come as you are. Be open to change and receive the word of the Lord. But, I mean, anything that adds value to your life should cause you to change your ways. Anything that adds value to your life. And see, sometimes we have things in our life that are valuable, but because we've not assessed it properly, our ways don't change. You've not assessed the value. Come on. That's why when you're about to sell a house to somebody, they send a property assessor or an appraiser. Because something's about to change in your life based on the value of something that's coming into your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we believe that we love everybody, and now we believe we do. We love everybody. That is our action. And we want to make sure that we got people here in here, in this church that loves on people, but we also want to make sure that people get connected to God through Jesus Christ. Let me make sure you're, you're clear. As a pastor, it is not my job to connect you to me. Well, I, can't, I don't go to that church. I can't even get in touch with the pastor. Okay. You don't need to get in touch with me. I stand out there every week and shake hands. Holler at me out there. Well, I mean, can I get an appointment? Why? I just had some questions. Come to Bible study. Oh, that was Siobhan. I might have just messed up. I was doing good until I went there, huh? My job is to connect you with Jesus. I need to give you everything you need to get connected with Jesus. I am not he. 
you look for another. Oh, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, Pastor ain't Jesus. Come on, as much as I preach here, tell you how I'm about to go off on somebody. How I, was, I told you I was in Walmart one night and I told a guy that we need to take it outside. Y'all remember that? I am not Jesus. Come on, y'all, I'm going to tell you the truth. But I'm going to point you to the one who can change your life. My job is to equip you. My job is not to be perfect. My job is to equip you. That's what we do. So we love on people and we connect them to Jesus. That is our job. Here's another value. We lead with generosity. We are people that give. And we believe that giving is a privilege. Here's the culture that we believe around here. I don't have to give, but I get to give. I get to give into what God is doing in the earth. I get to send money down the street to Lindley uh, Middle School to help students be incentivized by making sure that we give them money and change to, to put into their gifts for the kids. We want to make sure that they're doing that. I get to give to teachers here at Thanksgiving and Christmas and feed them to say thanks for loving on kids in this community. We get to do that. We don't have to do that. We get to do that. Paul says that we don't give out of compulsion. We're not compelled. You got to do it or else. We give because we get to do it. And here's the last thing. We welcome everybody who worship with us because we have received grace and mercy and we will pay it forward. Here's the reason why we open our doors to anybody. Because everybody in Christ Center Church has received grace and mercy. Amen. What does that mean? That means you should have been dead a long time ago. Amen. That should have been God should have killed you in your sin at that, that later house. Can't get, can't get no talk right there. He should have killed you that night because you was drunk, cussing people out in his name. You didn't even know how you got home that night. But he said, those angels, would you please drive that fool's car home before he kill somebody? <laughs> see, see, that's the thing. We don't want to tell the truth we come in here. You know full well, you, you passed the store every night going home. That night, you don't even remember passing the store. That's because God drove your car home. We have received grace and mercy. And so we want people to come here so we can pay that forward. That's what we believe. These are our values. So you're going to hear more about the VMV here at Christ Center Church. You'll be seeing them more. You'll probably be seeing the plaques in the bathroom. It's like, oh, Pastor, can I even pee without? No, you need to be acquainted with the VMV. Why? Because I believe that we need to say the same thing. That when people come in here, whether you're standing up here, whether you're a pastor or an elder, whether you're serving in the parking lot, whether you're serving on cafe and just setting up the coffee, anybody should be able to ask a member of Christ Center Church about the VMV, and they should be able to tell them. Here's my story. You can start playing, and I'm finished. So I went to Walmart the other day to exchange my propane tank because it's grilling time in the house of the Lord. So I had been noticing, though, before that day, Mike, that they have locked up the garden section. Like that door is no longer open. So now that I'm thinking, I may, it may have something to do with the fact that somebody was killed up there not too long ago at the Lithia Springs uh, thing. Y'all know about that? Somebody got killed up there? 
I don't know if that's why, but it's locked, right? So one day I passed by and it was locked and I had my tank. I was like, well, I'll just wait. So I waited long enough and I went on in and I took it inside the store. And you know, they got these people that stand at each door, right? That's welcoming you. Well, the first thing the lady says to me is, and it was raining that day, it was raining. I must've really wanted to grill because it was raining, but I had faith that it was gonna stop. But anyway, she says to me as I'm walking in with this empty tank in one hand, she says, hey, you can't bring that in here. And I said, um, okay, but the, uh, the, garden, the garden section is locked up and I kind of want to know what to do. What, what do I do to exchange my propane tank? And she says, well, I mean, you, you just can't, you have to go out there and leave it out there and you just can't bring that in here. And I said, so what you're saying to me is that I need to go back out in the rain, sit my tank out there, unattended, not locked, come back in here? And she was like, well, you just can't. I said, stop telling me what I can't do. That's what I told her. Tell me what I can do. Well, it, I mean, it's just fumes coming. I said, first of all, ma'am, this is empty. She said, oh. <laughs> this was the story I was supposed to tell our leaders the other night on our call, but y'all hear it now, but I'm going to say it to them again. So then I walked toward the back. I saw a manager and I said, sir, what's the process now? Because normally I go through the back, just go right to that counter. You know, we pay and they switch it out. What do we do? He says to me, uh, well, now you need to take it to the customer service counter. And I said, oh, okay. She said, he said, you can pay for it up there. They'll call somebody on the walkie-talkie and they'll bring you a can. Okay. So I walked right past that lady because, you know, I said to him, I said, hey, it's a leadership issue that your people don't know this. That's what I said to him. So I walked up there back to that first lady. I said, hey, just so you'll know the process, your manager said the process is that we'll go over here to customer service and they will call somebody. That's what I said to her. Because she was still standing up there talking to the same girl she was talking to when I walked up. So I'm about to go over here. Oh, okay. So I go over there. So I get to the counter and I said, hey, I'd like to... Uh, exchange my propane tank. <laughs> the girl says, you, you can't have that in here. <laughs> I said, uh, so I've heard. I said, ma'am, all I want to do is just exchange this. I said, I talked to your guy back there and he said, who was that? What's, the, what's his name? I said, I don't know his name, ma'am. I said, he got dreads. She's like, oh, that's so-and-so. I said, and he told me to come up here and let y'all change it out, call them and they'll bring me one. She didn't, she didn't know how to do that. Well, I mean, I, I'm new, I'm kind of new and I don't have, and I said, I know there seems to be major training issues around here. <laughs> so it's not your fault. So then she inquires of another girl, third associate. First thing out of her mouth was, you can't bring that in here. So I said to all, I, them two that were standing up, I said, let me say this to y'all. Three of y'all have told me what I can't do, but none of y'all have told me what I can do. What can I do to get my pro propane tank exchanged?
Well, I'm going to have to go back there and talk to so-and-so. She goes back there to talk to so-and-so. So-and-so appears. He never even saw that girl that went back there. <laughs> he says to them, hey, just do this, 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 and this, and you know. And I was sitting there thinking, this may not ever happen at Christ Center Church. We don't want a group of people that tell people that come in here what they can't do. We want to tell people what they can do. That's a customer service issue. Took me way too long. Listen, they were so discombobulated that the girl rang up, blah, 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 handed me a ticket and said, thank you. Never took my money. She never even asked me for my car. I had my card in my hand, never even asked for me, asked for it. She's just like, here. She reef gave me a refund. She didn't actually give me a refund because I never put my, but the ticket was a refund. Like, y'all was so discombobulated telling me what I can't do that you just paid me, didn't even know it, for telling me what I couldn't do. So I said, we done? She was like, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> give me my tank. And I'm the guy that normally be like, no, 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 I never paid you. Y'all don't deserve to get paid today. <laughs> so yes, I got a free tank exchange. <laughs> Why are you telling us this, Pastor? Because it is important that we have a culture that speaks the same language. But watch, the language that we speak needs to be a language that's empowering. Quit telling me what I can't do. Just tell me what I can do. Because what I am doing that you tell me I can't do is the only thing I know to do because I have a tank that needs to be changed. And all I know is I can't change it from my car. So I have to come in here to do it. So now what you gonna tell me? It's got fumes. It's empty, now what? That's where I was. Boy, I was so hot. Y'all don't know how hot I was because it's a customer service issue that leads back to a leadership issue, that leads back to a values issue, that says you should value that your associates say the same thing. You should value that your associates do the same thing. Because some associates, when you say, can you tell me where so-and-so is? They'll take you. Here, let me show you. But then there are other ones that be like, mm-mm. I don't know where that is. You can go down there. It's probably on the right side. You know, they just changed everything around. And you know, I'd be looking like, do you work here? <laughs> do you, do you actually work here? But this ain't my area. But do you work here? Anyway, stand up. Come on. <laughs> 